Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. From the Gospel of John, John chapter 14, beginning in verse 15, looking at the words of Jesus, I want to read that as our primary text. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another. Someone say, another. Helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I want to minister today a message titled, The Invisible Influencer. The Invisible Influencer. Before I do, I want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that name is above every name. And in that name, minds can be loosed and let go from wrong mentalities and blinders and darkness in Jesus' name. That cold hearts can come alive by the fire of your spirit. That the lost can be found. That mercy can triumph over judgment. That your kingdom can come and invade into our hearts and our situations for your glory. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Make much of Jesus. And may we honor you and understand you and welcome you and receive you for all that you are and all that you desire to do. In Jesus' name, amen. May I let you in on a belief that I currently hold, and yet, even if you don't believe it, we still be friends? Some of you, you look very excited about this proposition. Uh, Some of you, though, seem a little nervous, so let's just get past it. Here it goes. You ready? Science determines the majority of most people's lives. Some pushback, maybe, a little? Well, let's see. Not much pushback. How about this? Science has often determined the majority of your life. What do I mean by science? How am I using the word science? First, dictionary.com defines science. See there on your card as a branch of knowledge or study dealing with a body of facts or truth systematically arranged And showing, here's the key, you ready? The operation of general laws. Science is the study of general laws. Now for a follower of Jesus Christ, I believe it is God who arranged and established these general laws. That science seeks to study and then seeks to arrange systematically the truths regarding those pre-established and unchanging general laws. In fact, this is what is referred to as a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview. And when it comes to true, factual, pure science, it is the study of laws 
that God has prearranged and established and determined. Meaning, accurate science, we're not talking about junk science or we're not talking about opinionated science. We're talking about true, factual, pure science is not against God. In fact, such science is God's science. It's laws that God predetermined, prearranged, and established and created by God. Now, when you think about science in our country, and when it comes to science, normally it's divided in three main categories. You have the formal sciences, like mathematics. You have natural sciences, and then you have social sciences. But I want to highlight three particularly in the beginning up front this morning. The first is biology, second, psychology, and third, sociology. When it comes to biology, I'm speaking specifically of genetics. When it comes to psychology, I'm speaking specifically of personality. And when it comes to sociology, I'm talking about that which ultimately influences and shapes our behaviors, our attitudes, our belief, the language, and why we do life. For instance, let me ask you this question. Why do you look the way you do? Simply put, science, genetics, God's predetermined and arranged laws of DNA and reproduction. Why do you process things mentally the way you do? Why do you see things primarily the way you do and yet someone else around you views and sees things primarily different than the way you do? Why are you naturally inclined to certain actions and reactions? Simply put, psychology. The personality that you have. Why do you have many of the habits, beliefs, customs, practices? Why do you speak the language that you speak? Why do you have expressions and values and pursuits that you have? Simply put, sociology. You've been shaped by the people and culture that you have been born and raised within. And you're being shaped by the culture and the people that you're now choosing to do life with, to identify with. And here's the important point. It happens whether we are conscious of it or not. Now, when I say and talk about sociology, we don't have difficulty and seeing how other people are shaped by the people around them and the people they identify with and their upbringing. But what researchers have found is that we do have difficulty believing and accepting that we have been greatly influenced by those around us. It's easy to look at the behaviors and the habits and the customs of others and say they have been deeply influenced by those around them. We have a harder time looking at our life, our decisions, our customs, saying we have been greatly influenced by those around us. Here's the meaning up front. We all are more subconsciously influenced than we are aware. Every one of us. Biology, psychology, and sociology. Now, you might really be pushing back and you're saying, well, Pastor Chad... This is the assembly of the saints of God. That that might be the case if if it wasn't for Jesus and the gospel. Well, maybe, maybe not. 
Has you ever read Galatians 5, 16 through 26? Which, by the way, the Apostle Paul's writing to a church, and churches in the region of Galatia. And guess what he says in Galatians 5 and 16? He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice, who practice such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Did you notice that there in verses 19 through 21 when the Apostle Paul lists the works of the flesh that it's not a list of the works of those who do not follow Jesus? It was a list of the works of the flesh. It was a list of those, whether they're followers of Jesus or not, who walk and live depending on the flesh to meet the demands of life. You ever heard ask or ask yourself, why do followers of Jesus do at times such bad or hurtful things? You ever been there? I've asked that before. Sometimes about my own self. <laughs> or what about this one? Why do followers of Jesus at times act the same as those who do not follow Jesus? You ever ask that? Because of the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. The flesh can work in the life of Jesus' followers and of course the flesh works in the lives of those who do not follow Jesus Christ. The flesh and its works is what shows up in the life of humanity when we as humans depend on our own intellect, when we depend on our own willpower, when we depend upon our own ability, our own strength, our own wisdom, our own emotions, our own feelings, our own thinking. What do you get when a human depends on their own human ability? You get the works of the flesh. Humanity acting and reacting, responding in a moment, apart from God's help, but responding and acting depending on their own human capacity. Their own human capacity. And it shows up in the life of an individual whether they're followers of Jesus or not when they seek to meet the demands of life in their own human ability. Now, due to sin and due to the effects of sin, our biology, our genetics, our psychology, our personality, issues of sociology have been affected and have become what the Scripture neg negatively refers to as depending on the flesh. Sin has affected our personality. 
And when you and I depend on our personality that was given by God but has been affected by sin, Scripture says that's depending on what the Scripture defines as the flesh. Human ability. Outside of in the moment depending on God's super ability. So remember my opening belief that I shared? Whether you at the time believed it or not, we're still friends. Science has often determined the majority of your life. So now we could also say this. Science plus the effects of sin upon it has often determined the majority of your life. When you look at so much of life, and I'm not just talking about others and those next to you, but your life, what you see is science and sin. Now it's God's science, God gave us personality, God created sociology, God created us not to dwell alone. We're to be in relationship with other humans. God created biology and genetics. But so much of life is science and sin for so many people. Now I want to add this to the sentence. Science has often determined the majority of your life Unless, everybody say, unless you live and walk in the Spirit. Science has determined the majority of your life unless you live and walk in the Spirit. Look at what we saw in Galatians 5.25. Paul, the one sent by Jesus, says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk. In the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Here, the Apostle Paul is talking about what we're talking about today, ultimately. He's talking about the invisible influencer. The invisible influencer, the Holy Spirit, makes possible another option. The invisible influence makes available another option than most of our life just having to be influenced and dictated by God's science and the effects of sin in regards to living in the flesh, trying to meet the demands of life in your own ability, in your own intellect, by your own personality. There's science, even God's science and sin, but yet there's another possibility. The Spirit. And this brings us back to our main text in John 14, 15 through 18, where Jesus refers to the invisible influencer. He refers to the Holy Spirit and he speaks of the Holy Spirit and he refers to the Holy Spirit, the invisible influencer, as another helper. Another helper. Now that's interesting. Is Jesus then saying that communion with the Father and knowing Jesus is not enough? Sounds like it to me. Oftentimes you hear Jesus, He's all I need. Well, if He's all that we need, why is there the Father? We need all of who God is as revealed through His holy scriptures. And Jesus says, You love me, then my Father and me will give you another helper, meaning you have need of even more help. 
he speaks of the invisible influence of the Holy Spirit and he calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. And then he says, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world neither sees him nor knows him, meaning the Holy Spirit is the invisible influencer. And the world can't see the invisible influencer. Does it know the invisible influencer? Now notice, let's make this clear point up front. It's not invisible influence. Because the Holy Spirit is a person who has a mind, who has a will, who can speak, who can be grieved, who has emotions, is eternal, and so much more. It's not the invisible influence, it's the invisible influencer. Now let me preach for a moment. God wants you so actively inviting and welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit, the invisible influencer in your life that He's poured out and into areas of your life that were previously just built upon and dependent upon God's science and your own human ability. The Holy Spirit wants to be poured out into areas of your thinking and of your will and of your desires and affections and your emotions and your heart and strength that it leads to fruit. The fruit of the invisible influencer so that those around you maybe can't see and know Him, but they can see the effects of the invisible influencer in and through your life. God wants to pour out and pour in the the power and the ability of the invisible influencer upon your relationships, upon your marriage, upon your business, upon your parenting, upon your actions and reactions, upon your responses and relationships, so that those around us can see the effects of the invisible influencer. The invisible influencer today desires to work in our life, to work in my life and work in your life in such a way that it leads to visible blessings and effects that those around us can see and hear. The invisible influencer is available today to help us, to help you, to empower us, to enable our walk, to enable us to live in the spirit that leads to people being able to taste, see, and hear the wonderful effects of the invisible influencer in our lives. I think about in Acts 2, 30 through, 32 through 36, when Dr. Luke gives the account of the day of Pentecost. He says the Holy Spirit was poured out. And it's interesting that the world, the unbelievers, could not see the invisible influencer, but Peter makes it very clear that what they are seeing And what they are hearing is the effects of the invisible influencer. Remember, they thought that they were drunk on wine. They they saw some effects, but they couldn't understand what they were tasting and seeing and hearing because it was the effects of the invisible influencer that the world can't know through their own ability. The world can't see through their own natural seeing. And Peter said, no, you're seeing the effects of the invisible influencer. And that's what I want for you and that's what I want for our marriages and our relationships and for this church and for Dwelling Place Movement is that people can't naturally understand in their own intellect what's happening but they can taste and see and hear some things and they can get curious what's taking place. And like Peter, we can stand up and say, this is that. 
It's the invisible influencer. You know, you've heard the statement maybe before of preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Listen to me, it is necessary. Because what God wants to do through the helper, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the world through their own knowing, through their own seeing, can't interpret what it is they're tasting and seeing and hearing through our lives without it being preached and explained. If, if Peter didn't stand up and make clear what was happening, that they were tasting and hearing and seeing the influence of the invisible influencer, then they would just think they were drunk on natural wine or had a sugar high. Because it does in the text, once it says new wine. New wine is grape juice. That means sugar high. They thought they were slap happy on sugar. Like a two-year-old toddler running around in the kids' room. No. Because if you don't stand up and clarify, no, 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 it's the invisible influencer. The devil will blind them from what is actually taking place. They'll attribute the effects of the invisible influence in your life. They'll attribute it to good luck. They'll attribute it to the right connections, coming from the right family, being born in the right side of the tracks. They'll attribute it to a hard work ethic or, or to just you know, getting a good break or to your education or, or to something that they can naturally see and understand. And it's in that that our testimony has to repeatedly be, no, it's not me, it's the invisible influencer. God wants to do something in our lives, dwelling place. He wants to do something in your life through the person of the Holy Spirit, the invisible influencer that presents the opportunity for us to point unbelievers and seekers to the fact that what they are tasting and what they are seeing and what they are experiencing is not just the result of natural laws of science, but a supernatural law and influence of following Jesus and the help that He has supplied to empower us, to give us the kingdom. And to cause us to experience the promises of God that are yes and amen. See, there's wisdom, but then there's divine wisdom. See, there's strength, and then there's divine strength. What I'm trying to tell you is so much of even Christianity and followers of Jesus is no more than just God's science and prearranged experience in our lives. And Jesus and the Father says, no, no, I got another helper for you. I got something deeper than even my prearranged laws of science. I have the invisible influencer that when you think about help, you got to understand I got divine help available. That when you think about strength, I got divine strength available. When you think about intellect, I got divine intellect available. When you think about joy, I got divine joy available. Whenever you think about those things, you need to put divine in front of it. You think about, I need guidance. Well, the Holy Spirit can provide divine guidance. I don't just want prosperity. I want divine prosperity. I don't want just peace. I want divine Peace. I don't want to just be healthy. I want divine health. I don't want to just be bold. I want divine boldness. I don't want just courage. I want divine courage. I want the invisible influencer to be my helper to provide the divine for me in the areas of life. The areas of life. Our testimonies to be, no, 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 it's not me. What you're seeing is the effects of the invisible influencer. 
And let me tell you about Jesus. We all need to understand that we have subconsciously been influenced more than we're consciously aware. But the gospel is that there is another influencer available. Another influencer, a help beyond just psychology of our personality and sociology of those that we grew up around and biology and genetics. There's divine help available. I recently read Jonah Berger's writing about the discovery of what we know today as mirror neurons. Italian scientists, they had a monkey hooked up to a big machine. They had thin electrodes that ran from the monkey's brain and it registered neural activity. The electrodes focused specifically on the premortal premotor cortex, a region involved in planning and initiating movement. Every time the monkey moved its hands or its mouth, tiny related brain cells would fire and sound would register on a monitor. One day the scientists, they left the lab to go to eat lunch, but they left the equipment on. One of the graduate students returned and they were eating an ice cream cone. Something unusual then happened. As the student raised the cone to his lips, the monitor went off. Blip, blip, blip. But the monkey wasn't moving. The grad student repeated his action. And again, blip, blip, blip. If the monkey was immobile, why were brain regions associated with planning and initiating movement firing? Turns out that the same cells that fired when the monkey took an action, were also firing when the monkey observed someone else taking that action. Later tests showed that the cells fired when the monkey picked up a banana, but they also fired when the monkey watched someone else pick up a banana. Here's the point. They established and began to conclude that observing someone doing something led the monkey's brain to simulate that same action itself. Meaning, we all are more subconsciously influenced that we are aware. That as we watch people and as we observe things around us, it primes us to repeat the same action. That's why Paul, when he writes to the Gentiles that came to the faith, He says, listen, you used to walk according to your lineage and heritage in aimless conduct. You were just walking according to what was modeled and passed down to you from your parents and your grandparents and to society around you. But because you've now been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus, one of the most precious and the most precious asset on the earth, we no longer are to live aimless conduct, but we're to live purposeful conduct. Led by the Spirit and the Word of God. And so what they began to discover is what now scientists know as mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. God, science, created you and I to have mirror neurons. And what mirror neurons 
or four is it helps accelerate learning. The little babies right now on DP Kids that I was with last week in a second gathering, they have mirror neurons because it helps, it helps accelerate learning. That kids, even before they've ever walked, by them observing someone walk, it begins to prime them and prepare them for such actions. Such actions. But see, I don't want just culture around me to prime me for action. I don't want just what I see the world doing to prime me for action. I don't want sin and the effects of sin to just prime me for action. The question you and I have is how do you and I learn to walk in the Spirit? How do we learn to walk in the Spirit? Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit, the invisible influencer, was given by the Father and Jesus Christ to accelerate learning how to walk in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit mirrors something to us or someone to us to accelerate learning. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.17. This is what the Apostle Paul in Scripture knew long before scientists. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Isn't it interesting you hear American Christianity people, Oh, I love the Lord. Yes, thank you. Love the Lord. Love Jesus. No, no. The Lord is the Spirit. I love Jesus, but the Lord... The one who administers the lordship of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Watch verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The invisible influencer, the Holy Spirit, is the one who mirrors to us Jesus and who He is. And as the Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth, and as He reveals aspects of Jesus and who Jesus is, even before we've ever done those actions, even before we've ever been merciful, even before we've ever demonstrated patience, even before we've ever blessed when we were cursed, where we've ever been long-suffering as we're suffering, even before we've ever walked by faith in a time of trial, the Holy Spirit mirrors and helps and causes us to see Jesus, that that's who He is. And as He mirrors that to us, it primes us to be able in relational trust to trust Jesus to be that in us and through us in such moments. The Holy Spirit mirrors Jesus to us through the rightly divided Word of God. Jesus said, all Scripture testifies of me. But we need the Holy Spirit to mirror and to cause us to see Jesus clearly. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit that facilitates this. That's why He's the helper. 
Jonah Berger says, see, others, what the research shows, others can thus prime us for action. Observing others do something can activate our mind in ways that make it easier for us to do the same thing. The Holy Spirit wants to reveal and show us Jesus in Scripture. Because when we see Jesus in Scripture, it creates faith. And I don't know if you know this, but when you look in the mirror, you see you. What it's saying is the Holy Spirit's the one that allows you to see Jesus, but as you see Jesus, you're seeing now the new you. Because you've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, when He shows you an aspect of Jesus, He's actually showing you now an aspect of who the Father's made you through the new birth. But it's in that scene that we begin to have faith created and begin to be primed and begin to get an expectation that even if we've never seen it demonstrated in our life, we can begin to believe it and walk in it. Let me tell you another way the Holy Spirit does it. It's by seeing Jesus in community. That as we see the Spirit's work in and through community, a local church, a modeling community, we learn the way of the Spirit. Let me tell you, this is why so many believers never walk and manifest their spiritual gifts. Because they're not in a community, one, that believes or practices spiritual gifts. And what we know is, is that the way you get primed to, for expectation and be able to do something is by observing it in what's going on around you. And when you get in a spirit-filled church where people are already demonstrating spiritual gifts and have learned to be led of the Spirit, what it does is even if you've never operated in your spiritual gifts or never ever been filled with the Holy Spirit, it primes you for such action. To learn the way of the Spirit. Because here's what I'm trying to get at this morning. What about when Jesus asks us to do something that goes against our personality? What about when Jesus asks us to do something, to trust Him and to follow Him that goes against our sociology, goes against our upbringing, goes against everything we were taught, goes against what friends and family around us might accept or might not accept. What about when Jesus asks us to trust Him and to obey Him and to move forward in something that goes contrary to the biology, psychology, and sociology that we have in our life? That's why the Helper is here. That's why the invisible influencer is here. See, I don't want just people who are bold, but they're bold because that's their personality. They're a D personality on the D-I-S-C personality profile. And that ain't the divine boldness. That's just boldness of their personality. What I want is that God do such a work in His people and in His church that when we see boldness, it's not just the boldness of a personality, it's divine boldness of the invisible influencer. What about when God takes a person who is shy by personality but fills them with the Holy Spirit and now you got divine boldness showing up when the Holy Spirit says, I need you to speak when normally it's your inclination to be quiet. What about when you are already 
in by personality outgoing and bold and courageous and loud. But Jesus says, I need you to shut up and be silent. I'm telling you, God's got an invisible influencer for the body of Christ so that we can be primed to trust Jesus for what He asks us to regardless of our personality, regardless of our biology, regardless of sociology. What about when the Lord says, I I want you to learn dependence on me in the brothers and sisters around you, but you got an independent personality where you had to be independent because sociology, you had no family or friends that could help you. Oh, the invisible influencer, that's how. The divine helper. The divine helper. would prime us for relational trust and action of following Jesus as the Holy Spirit mirrors to us to see Jesus clearly and to behold Jesus and the Spirit's work in and through a community. See, I believe the witness of the invisible influencer is so important in the days we live in. Let me talk about the witness of the Holy Spirit now. I recently watched the documentary. I had already planned to preach this and God set it up, but I watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma. It's basically several of the originators of social media sounding the alarm of what their creation has led to. AI, artificial intelligence, has these algorithms that are constantly learning and as they learn they're evolving to reach the determined goal that's been programmed for them. And the determined goal that's been programmed for the AI intelligence is to increase your engagement on their social media platforms. So these AIs, artificial intelligence, Extremely complicated complicated algorithms are basically learning the science of your behavior, your personality, your responses to what you see, how long you stay and, and read something, see something, what you like and what you don't like, what you pass by. And they're constantly learning the science of you. So watch this. They can influence and move you to more engagement. Why would they want to do that? Because the more engagement that they get you, the more profit for the social media company. Now, you remember what the study said with Jonah Berger and the research? Others can thus prime us for action. Observing others do something can activate our mind in ways that make it easier for us to do the same thing. And the question hit me. What about when others are priming us for action that they want? What about when others are priming us for an action, but we're not even aware of it? You're there just on social media because you want to blow some time or or blow some steam or just relax or escape for a moment or just sort of you know calm down before you go to bed. And what you don't understand is on the other end, there's people trying to prime you, 
manipulate you, figure you out to keep you engaged so that their profits go up. What happens when social media and artificial intelligence is being used even when you're unconsciously aware of it to try to prime you to certain actions and responses, to certain beliefs. That's why on your news feed, you only get articles that you agree to. Because that's what you engage in. They're not going to put articles on there that you don't believe in because you're not going to engage in it. That's why you can have two people so divided on an issue because they're both getting primed to respond and act and believe what they believe based on social engagement and artificial intelligence. And we think we're just free, walking as the Lord's freed men and freed women, and we're being manipulated. Manipulated. And that's why the witness of the Holy Spirit is so important. That's why the invisible influencer is so important. Because Paul said we're to walk in the Spirit. We're to walk in liberty. That we're not being moved by artificial intelligence. We're not being primed and manipulated by the world and culture around us. We are primed and ready by the Holy Spirit who causes us to see Jesus and see Jesus in community and we will obey Him at all costs that He actually is Lord and leader of our life. I, I mean, sometimes I wonder, ask the question, not to meddle in our business here for a minute, but sometimes I wonder, can we even trust the Holy Spirit in the days we live in to give us enough help to put our phones down? Because that's what it's going to take. If the phones that you have everywhere is being used to actually prime you for certain responses, to want and to buy certain things, then we have to even trust the helper to keep us in the liberty by which Christ has made and set us free. I read an article not too long ago about deep fakes. The keys, you can come. And what the article explained is there's now what's called a deep fake technology. It enables anyone with a computer and an internet connection to create realistic-looking photos and videos of people saying and doing things that they did not actually say or do. Now, here's the scary thing. Listen, deep fakes are becoming so advanced because what they do is they pit an AI against another AI. So they create an AI to create fakes and then they have another AI to try to determine if it's fake or not. And as they do it, they keep learning that now the deep fakes are getting so good that other AIs can't even determine if the photo or the video was originally real or not. Now what does that mean for you and I? Because you know what's a cuss word around here. Busy. And most people are so busy. Do you think they have the time to actually research whether what they're seeing is actually true or not? No. So people are starting to fear that we're entering a post-truth world. That it doesn't matter if it's true. If I saw it, it's got to be real.
And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Paul. He talked about the days of the Antichrist. Because Paul said regarding the lawless one, the Antichrist, he'll come according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, watch his lying wonders. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not hear it is received the love of the truth. We, we have to love truth more than what we're even feeling or seeing in a moment. Because we could be being primed for wrong action, wrong belief, wrong perspectives by people who don't care about you. They care about how you can be utilized to increase their profits and their profit shares. Remember when Jesus, when he referred to the invisible influencer, he said, the Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. And to sincerely have love for the truth means you and I have to grow in our dependency and our receiving and our welcoming of the Holy Spirit's ministry, the one who leads us into all truth. Remember what Jesus said? He said, and he will be in you. Why? Listen, the Holy Spirit will be in you because he wants to witness to you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you to witness to you. To witness to you of what? To witness to you and I of truth. Truth at times even beyond what you feel, beyond what you see, beyond your sociology and your upbringing. Truth. Romans 8, 16, Paul says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This means the Holy Spirit witnesses to our spirit regarding truth because He is the Spirit of truth. The only witnesses to truth. Unfortunately, here it is. You ready? Many believers have not matured to recognize and utilize the witness of the Holy Spirit in their daily life. And they're walking around so vulnerable to being manipulated. To being manipulated. This is why the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith in what the Holy Spirit shows us on Jesus and reveals through community. And we allow that to prime us in our relational trust to obey the Lord and walk forward in following the Lord. Remember in Galatians 5 passage we looked at earlier? Paul starts in verse 16. He says, I say then walk in the Spirit. And then he says again in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Listen, to live in the Spirit means, and represents many truths, that now you're a follower of Christ in the new covenant. You live in the kingdom of God. You have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. You have been transferred into the kingdom of light. You now live in a realm where you have access to the invisible influencer. You now are in right standing with God and therefore you can receive not just help, but divine help of the invisible influencer. That you can have access not just to strength in your personality, you can have access to God's divine strength and divine personality through the invisible influencer. That you now live in a sphere where the kingdom of God can be experienced and enforced in your life. You live in the Spirit. You live in a realm where all the promises of God are yes and amen. You live in the Spirit where everything you need for life and godliness has been made available. And he says, because now we have access to it, let us learn to walk in it. Let us learn to depend on it, to access it, to walk in the Spirit. So are we just going to walk in science, even if it's God's science, and the effects 
of sin upon our life or are we going to realize there is another helper that we need? There is the invisible influencer. There is the way of the Spirit. Because Paul's saying if you'll learn to walk in the Spirit, then you will sow to the Spirit. And then you'll become led by the Spirit. And ultimately you'll reap and experience the fruit of the Spirit. I'll say it again. Paul's saying if you'll learn to walk in the Spirit, then you will sow to the Spirit. And you'll become led by the Spirit. And ultimately, you'll reap and experience the fruit of the Spirit. This is the same teaching Paul gives to the church at Rome in Romans 8. In Romans 8, 1, he speaks of walking according to the Spirit the same way he began in Galatians 5, 16. In Romans 8, 2, he mentions the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And in Galatians 5, 25, he mentions that we live in the Spirit. Notice, here's the point. There's now a new law available for the children of God. There's now a greater law greater than your personality. There's now a greater law greater than your biology. There's now a greater law than your sociology. Because what if genetics and the effects of sin upon your genetics has now determined certain sickness and things upon your health? What Paul is saying here is now that we live in the Spirit, we have access to a greater law. That my past and my upbringing and my genetics and my social upbringing don't have to dictate and determine in my future that there's a greater law within me it's Christ in you the hope of glory and that law can lift us up and out of being dictated by such things this greater law can guard us from those that would seek to use even signs God signs against us to manipulate us when you begin to put side by side The Romans text of Romans 8 and Galatians 5, you'll find out that in the Romans 8 text, he adds a couple details that help us get insight on how to do with what both texts are saying, how to walk in the Spirit. Well, first, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means to learn to depend and trust, to relate, look to, be aware and conscious of the Holy Spirit moment by moment situation by situation conversation by conversation relationship by relationship step by step and day by day to walk out what in Christ you now live in that's been made available to you but the question is how? and here's what Paul gets further insight in the Romans 8 passage he says the only way to walk in the Spirit is that you have to set your mind on the Spirit That there are all kinds of subconscious things that are influencing you more than you're even aware. But in order to walk in the Spirit, it can't be a subconscious thing. You have to make a conscious decision to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. And he said to do that, that's what Paul calls in Romans 8, to be spiritually minded. And he says there's benefits of being spiritually minded. Because those that are spiritually minded, they'll walk in the Spirit and they'll have the peace of the Spirit fruit now what's the things of the spirit if we're to set our mind on the things of the spirit what's the things of the spirit listen the things of the spirit refer to the life that's now yours in Christ Jesus you're to think about what now the father's given you in Christ that you are the righteousness of God in Christ that you are a new creation that you're made accepted in the beloved that God's mercy triumphs over judgment that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord you're constantly thinking about what you have now been given access to in the kingdom of God that you now live in and he said as you set your mind on the things of the spirit 
that this is how the law of the Spirit will enable you to live the life that Jesus lived. Why? Because the same Spirit that was in Him, you're given access to now flow through you. This is the renewing of the mind of Romans 12. You remember what Paul said? The only way not to be manipulated and conformed to the world around you is to have your mind renewed. You only get your mind renewed as you think on the things of the Spirit. And as you think on the things of the Spirit, Paul then says you'll be able to prove, experience the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. And as you do that, it allows the law of the Spirit of life in Christ to put to death the deeds of your body, the fleshly lust. Then, and only then, can we be led by the Spirit. Because until our mind is thinking about the things of the Spirit and things that make for peace and the things regarding the life we have in Christ, until we do that, the Holy Spirit can't subdue the fleshly desires. But once we do that, the Holy Spirit subdues the fleshly desires and only then can we then be led by the Spirit instead of being led by our flesh or just natural signs. We come in and I worship God always reverently quiet. That's just how I worship God. No, that's your personality. What I'm saying is there's a divine influence, the divine influencer, the Holy Spirit, who wants to empower all the children of God, regardless of personality, to be able to do what we see in Scripture, to clap your hands, all your people, to make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Or what if you're always, you know, you always listen to upbeat music, and you're always laughing, and you come in. What if the divine influencer wants to lead you to kneel, to be silent and still before the Lord? He gives the Holy Spirit the invisible influencer to move us beyond just genetics even God's science personality, sociology I wasn't raised this way, we can now be led by the Spirit, because that's why Romans 8 14 says, listen, not all the children of God are led by the Spirit, he makes it very clear he says those that are the mature sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit, only the mature are led by the Spirit and why is that important? because listen, only those that are led by the Spirit can experience the witness of the Spirit consistently. And we live in a day where the witness of the Spirit is so very important because of the things I just mentioned and the coming of the lawless one. Lying signs, lying wonders. And you know the benefit of the witness of the Spirit? you'll be more sensitive to the intuition and the discernment and the peace that surpasses all understanding of the Holy Spirit. For this is the way. Walk therein. What don't make sense? It doesn't matter. I got the witness of the Spirit. Oh, it looks real. It looks real. It doesn't matter. I have the witness of the Spirit. It's not going to move me. It looks fake, but I got the witness of the Spirit. It's real. It is going to move me. But the witness of the Spirit. And then it leads to the fruit of the Spirit. The effects, come on team, the effects of the invisible influencer that now those around us can taste and see and hear. That opens the door for you and I 
to say, listen, it's not me. It's the invisible influencer. See, the Holy Spirit witnesses to you so that the resurrection of Jesus can be witnessed through you. The Holy Spirit witnesses to you so that the resurrection, which is a fact, be witnessed through you. So what am I saying, friends? I'm saying, even as a child of God, you're vulnerable. I'm saying you're vulnerable, even as a child of God. And that's why the Father and Jesus poured out and gave the Holy Spirit under the new covenant. Because we needed another helper. We needed the invisible influencer to lead us into all truth. To be able to witness to truth and to the reality of what we have in the Spirit. That we would no longer be moved and conformed and fashioned and manipulated by the world around us. That we wouldn't even live a life dependent on our personality that God gave us or our upbringing, even if it was good. But we would live a life that's led by the supernatural upon our natural. That our life would be undergirded by the supernatural witness and leading of the Holy Spirit. The divine invisible influence that people would see the fruit of that divine invisible influence and we would declare the goodness of Jesus Christ that He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. But walking requires the engagement of the mind. We need the witness of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.